1: Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve
0: Collins. Hey, everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 514. Today, we're going to do a two part interview uh, with Kyle. You're going to love this interview. We're going to be some great golden nuggets in it. But before we do that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors um, who allow us to do this. Dr. Dish, the first one, um, they allow us to do this podcast five days a week. Um, Show them a little love. Show us a little love. uh, Go buy a Dr. Dish. You should. You should always have. You should have two or three of them in your gym. Second thing is uh, teachhoops.com. It is what started this podcast. It is part of me giving back. of of 30 years of winning, of 30 years of coaching. So um, this is part one of a two-part interview, but uh, go over and check them out. Hit pause. Maybe wait till tomorrow. Go join ttubes.com right now. All right, let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, So it's been one of those – I coach volleyball, Coach. I don't know if you know that, in the fall. So yesterday I was at a volleyball tournament all day, Coach Boys Volleyball. And then today I've been like literally scrambling. So this is, this is my entertainment for the day right here. Good deal. Uh, Happy to be a I, part of it. I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, I got a stack of papers. It's literally the reason I'll quit teaching, I think, is grading. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, it's like laundry. It never goes away. I tell my wife, it's like, oh my, if I, if I hit the Powerball, I'll hire somebody to do my grading. Um, so, I, want, what I Kyle, what I want you to do is just introduce yourself, tell tell us a little bit about your basketball journey. That's usually the way I started out, to kind of give everybody kind of a background, and then we'll see uh, kind of what road we walk down.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, name's Kyle Cavanaugh. I live in Ruston, Louisiana. I uh, started my coaching career, I guess you could say. First opportunity was at Louisiana Tech University. Uh, got to join their staff as a graduate assistant uh, under Carrie Rupp, who's now at Oregon State. Yep. Uh, spent two years as a GA there. Um, got, you know, kind of your first indoctrination of, hey, you don't really know anything about basketball. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you grow up playing it. You think you're interested in coaching it. Uh, and then in that first, very first workout, you kind of realize, man, I really don't know a whole heck of a lot of what is going on here, Um, and so it was a really great experience for me uh, spending those two years and, um, you know, did everything from scrubbing floors to folding towels to washing uniforms to helping with scouting reports and recruiting information and checking classes and just kind of got to be a part of the everyday operation uh, aspect of it, did that for two years and, and, what, then and was
0: before, hard- you, before you leave on that so what did you what was harder what was easy hard or unique about that some of the listening because I've had a couple of people that have been basketball operations people
1: yeah so I I mean you know like they say you know things kind of roll downhill uh you know <laughs> and managers and GAs can usually kind of live underneath that hill Right. Uh, and so it was just a little bit of anything, like kind of making yourself available. Uh so right. like what I might do on Monday might be completely different than what I do on a Tuesday, because it was just making yourself available to whatever, you know, anybody in the office may need. So, you know, Coach Rupp was the head coach, he would go down to the assistants and then uh, Cody Figure was our ops guy, and then he would basically come to me and say, Hey, I need help with this today. And it okay. might be, you know, recruiting information and it might be, you know, getting guys to class, it might be picking up something for the guys to eat after practice uh, literally could have been anything, anything. Um, So,
0: so what did that teach? What did that teach you?
1: It taught me to be ready, uh, (laughs) to be ready to, for anything and to, and to basically our our little saying around the office was just get it done, you know, get, get something done, no matter what you won't have the budget for it. You won't have the resources for it. You won't even necessarily have the time to get it done, but it's something that needs to get done. And so you've got to figure out a way to make it happen. Um, and I think that was a really great lesson for me was just, you know, you might be stuck in a situation. You're like, man, there's not really much for me to do here, but I'm going to do the best I can and try to produce something that these guys need, uh, in order for us to get this job done.
0: Right. I think, I think, I mean, I think first of all, that not only a great life skill, to be honest, for with you, especially sure. if you become a parent, if you become a parent, you know what I'm right. talking about. Cause literally you don't know what's going to happen the next day, especially when they're little, um, but I think to be a coach, yeah, you always, I mean, everything rolls downhill still, even in my program, but it's, uh, <laughs> right. Trust me, it does. And You do it long enough, but it's, um, you gotta be ready for a little bit of everything. You never know when, you know, your best player is going to break up with his girlfriend three minutes oh. before tip off, you know, kind of thing. For sure. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. And we would have, you know, there would be things like, you know, a coach might come and be like, okay, this is super important. We need you to stat this in practice. Um, you know, I want to report to this, you know, at the end on my desk and all of a sudden in practice, you know, you're doing what is, you know, technically your job for that day. And then all of a sudden something comes up, you know, right. a, a player gets hurt or something crazy happens in the office and you got to go drop what you're doing and figure out something else. But at the same time, you're still responsible for that, you know, that first job. So it might me be grabbing one of the managers and teaching him real quick. Hey, I need you to do this for me so I can go right. take care of that. And it's just like you said, it, it it's a life skill for sure because as a teacher, uh, in the classroom, as a as a coach yeah. and, and coaching different programs, uh, and then now as a as a father for the last three and a half years, like literally you don't know uh you know, your three year old is, is happy one second and screaming the
0: next. They're throwing up the on, <laughs> throwing kind of up on you the next second. Yes. I think I mean that's what people that aren't in the teaching profession don't realize too. It's like the number of questions and things that just hit your desk. Like when I walk in that they go, how do you do it for so, how have you done it for so long? I go, because every day is different. I don't like right. I, I have a gist of what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, but I have no idea. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know who's going to be showing up at my desk or my door or what's going to happen or, Right. And that
1: changes, I think like, and most schools are probably this way, but you know, I mean, fall, you got football stuff going on and there's right. pep rallies and there's homecoming and there's dances and there's this and that. And then you hit kind of a, you know, there's just different seasons throughout the year and then there's summer and you might have a, a, a perfect week of lessons planned out. And then all of right. a sudden you have a, a tornado <laughs> drill, you know, yes. or, yes. Uh, Hey, we're going right. to have this speaker come in and we're going on a field trip. And it just, you have yeah. to be flexible and adaptable to your situation, and that was a, a, like I said, a really great lesson for me. Uh, just literally within the first five minutes of my first workout, you know, right. And and I think that's stuff. great
0: for the young coaches too. I mean, it, you're not going to last long in 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 a teaching profession and coaching. Coaching is teaching, uh, right? If you don't, if you're not willing to be flexible, I mean, to be 100%. honest, with you, yeah. Yep. If I if I was doing what I was doing 30 years ago, coaching wise, I probably wouldn't be coaching right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. and I, and I would argue this, like. For those, you know, that teach full full loads throughout the day, like I, right now, the, the situation I'm in, I teach four life science classes to seventh graders, and if I'm teaching the same lesson first to third to fourth to fifth hour, like, right. something's changed, yes. you know, within those That's- classes, and I, I have a beautiful plan laid out, but, you know... It, chances are something's going to come up and you've got to got to just roll with it. Right.
0: First of all, bless you for teaching middle school. Bless you, <laughs> bless you, bless you. There's a special, I student taught, bless you for doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, and some people say that about high school seniors who I teach, but yes. Um. But the thing is, I think the perfect number is two or three classes. I, I think I get bored if I'm only teaching one kind of class. Right. And, and four is hard because as you get older like me, you forget, did I do that? Did I not do that? Did that work? It's like, did I tell that joke already? You know, right. kind of thing. Um, right. So I think that perfect teaching one is for the kids, especially. I think the second time I do it the during the day, maybe the third, but I'm really like, ooh, that didn't work. I can't do that next period. You know, those first mm-hmm. that first that first period kind of takes the brunt of so
1: this you know. is my second tour of duty for junior high. I did eighth okay, grade uh, years ago. I've taught everything from seven through 12th science, history, a little bit of everything. Uh, last school I was at, I taught six straight same class all day oh, long. And it's awful. tough, you know, it's and you, you you do, you're not real good at it. First hour, second hour, you kind of hit your groove in the middle of the day. And then by the end of the day, you're just ready to talk about anything, you know, anything else. Anything um, but that. Yeah. Right. But, but it's, you know, that's the job, right? So right. that's what you've got to do. And those sixth hour kids deserve the same. Your best, just like the first hour kids yeah. did. Right. And and again, I just think that's that's huge because then when you do that all day, now you're going right into practice, right? And you've and then your players are expecting the best from you uh, at the end of the day, and you've got to somehow kind of dig a little bit deeper and, and find that energy and that enthusiasm. Yep. And you can fake it. Energy. I tell
0: my guys, I said, I'm tired too, but you can fake this. Like we can right, get absolutely. some clapping going. You can fake mm-hmm. this and get it going. Um, all right. So let's go back. I, I that, this is typical of me, I get people off fast Sorry <laughs> about that. So, so, all right. So what happened after the, that, that job?
1: So, uh, you know, I would, would love to have stayed, stayed there, uh, but was getting married and had to start making right. some money and paying some bills. And so yeah. um, I jumped across town uh, and got a an, uh, first uh, high school as, uh, assistant coaching job uh, at the 5A school in Ruston, Louisiana. did that for a year. And again, just tried to apply everything that I had tried to learn uh, at Tech, kind of did a lot of the same stuff. And then in high school, you have a little bit more responsibility, obviously, because um, there's, you know, there's more to do, uh, not as big as staff. And so, You know, got to apply, you know, the operations part, you know, making sure the guys were, you know, study hall, in and out of class, taking care of our business, um, making sure that we had things set up for practice, you know, whatever the head coach needed. Just, again, trying to serve his needs as best I possibly could. Um, And then was was fortunate after that year to get my first head coaching opportunity, uh, again, in the the same town, in a a private school uh, across the way, and was there for seven years uh, as the head coach. And then the last two years, um, I was at Simsboro high school, uh, which is in the same parish, all about 20 minutes away. Um, and was the associate head coach out there, uh, where we were fortunate. We were very, very talented, uh, and, and had two good years and won back-to-back state championships there. Um, and now I'm back at, uh, Cedar Creek, the, uh, just teaching, uh, and, and working on my, um, and yes, clusters. And consulting. And I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a transition period uh, okay. from, from coaching um, into just teaching and looking to do some other things now.
0: Okay. Yeah. So par- for those of you that don't know, a parish is probably like a neighborhood, right? Oh, right? so, so, so that would be like your counties, 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 counties. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, parish is yeah. a county for yep. for those Northern people. Right. For yeah. everybody
1: other than Louisiana. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You, you, well, I think it was when the hurricane hit a lot. They were talking about parishes and the, right. this parish was, um, I think that was one of the first times I remember hearing it on a regular basis. Um, it's nice and warm down there. Huh? Oh, how is, that, how is it in the summer? It's steamy right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's steamy. Oh, it's perfect. It's like so. We're doing this in 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 September. Like it's perfect weather in Wisconsin right now. It's like seventy. Leaves are starting to change. You got that kind of nice smell outside. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's perfect. It's like this is one of the reasons I haven't moved. It's fall. I love fall. Um, but anyway, so okay, so so tell tell a little bit about. The difference from moving from the assistant job to the head job, what did you see as that conversion?
1: right, so uh, what's been interesting is going from the assistant to the head and then back to an assistant and there's a really big difference between making uh, suggestions and making decisions <laughs> um, and I'm you know you everybody's really good at making suggestions because you're not the one that has to live with it at the end of the day. And uh, just the, the idea that everything falls on you as the head coach. Um, and I didn't have any, any full-time help uh, when I started that job. I was 24 years old. I didn't know much of what I was doing. You know, again, you're just, you're just trying to get through each day and trying to make the best decisions you possibly can and, and apply what, you, what, you know, what, in retrospect, what little you do know. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but did the laundry get done? That's on me. You know, did are the lights off? Are the doors locked? Right. Um, I remember my very first like we were getting ready for our very first game as a head coach, and the girls' coach was coming in and talking about like concessions and officials. And I was like, somebody doesn't take care of that. Like, <laughs> like we have to make sure the concession stand stock. Like you just right. don't you don't think about that when you play in high school. You just you show up, people show up, officials show up. There's administrators. The lights are on. the The table is set. There's nets on the rim. There's lights in the scoreboard. Like the floor is swept and you don't realize that somebody has to take care of all of that. And right. when you're coaching at a, a small one, a private school, you know, you're the guy that gets to handle everything. 90%, 90% of that stuff, if not a hundred, uh, if you're lucky to have, you know, some, some good parents or, or, uh, you know, I had a, a part-time uh, college assistant at the time. Um, you're just looking to pass some information off and then at the end of the day you do all of that. Oh, I've got to be able to coach a game right uh, and, and try to win it's like, you know, it's like all compete. it's like
0: all those different hats that's what people don't realize it's like right i mean i was in today and i was doing some stuff in the gym my son shit. i mean i'm over there sweeping i'm making sure you're right all the doors are locked or the pole. i mean it's like yeah there's no there's no ga or or operation guy to you know to do it um, right yeah
1: yeah do the officials have water you know is there right. a place where the opponents are gonna right. park their bus
0: yeah, you know, and the smaller the the smaller the 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 school, the more of that stuff you have to do. I'm right. blessed. I've got a couple of volunteer assistants. I've got a paid one, so I'm a, I'm able. I'm blessed in the sense that I can delegate a lot of things. Right. But the smaller schools, you're you're ever you're the head coach. You're the assistant. You're the janitor. You're the you know bus driver. <laughs> I mean, it might be everything. It might be like Hoosiers kind
1: of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You're social media. You're the, the yeah. ops guy. You're the, you know, yeah, the SID. I mean, yeah. you're, you're Well, it's you're like for stats. volleyball, it's
0: me. And volleyball, it's me. Like, right. I'm, the only bo- I'm it for the volleyball. Like, the I, I'm the coach. So, it's like, I have to, yeah I have to do everything. And it's like, oh, it makes me appreciate so much to have all that help during the regular season.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, um, all right. So, let's talk about, let's talk about some basketball X's and O's um t- talk about people always ask about practice so talk to me about how you how you orchestrate your practice if there's some keys to it you know if you could only do like maybe a handful of things or practice what would they be and why that's a pretty open question but
1: <laughs> yeah well I, I could ramble on uh, probably about this for a while um okay. that's that's changed a lot for me um you know being 12 years in uh, again like I used to want things to be so regimented I wanted somebody to walk in my practice and be like, man, this is an army. You know, these guys move like a machine. You know, the, there's the, there's a reason why the water is set up where it is. And there's the reason why this drill is set up the way it is. And one drill flowed into the next. And I used to spend so much time trying to plan for those practices and making sure that like every single little detail down to who was going to be in which group and this and that.
0: Hey, coach, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, A couple things that doesn't cost you a cent to do. You can subscribe and like, leave a written review. We really like that. You can go over to our YouTube channel. Just type in t Choops on YouTube and you'll find our YouTube channel. Um, Subscribe, like there. So you'll always get the updates. Um, Next thing is um, if you do any shopping on Amazon, go down below, click our Amazon link, www.ttubes.com backslash Amazon. Anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, we get a small little commission. Helps us with our hosting fees be surprised how expensive it is to run one of these. And if you really love this stuff, you know, let me help you. Let me mentor you. Let me uh, email. Let me get on -on one-on-one calls. Let me show you all the resources that will help me become one of the winningest coaches in the state of Wisconsin. You know, um, you know, that's why I'm doing this. I want to help coaches become better. Um, so teachhoops.com can do that. All right, let's head off to the podcast.
1: Um, and that was like, in my mind, I thought that's what good coaching was, you know, and we would practice really well all week and then things wouldn't translate into the game, right? You're like right. okay, well this this worked all week against us, you know, or on air, uh, and then all of a sudden in the game like it wasn't really working out the way we were. And so I've had a really big shift in my mindset. Um, not worrying so much about kind of how pretty practice looks, uh, and, and, and much more into some messy training, chaotic training and more about transfer into the game, more uh small sided games. Uh, advantage, disadvantage, uh, contextual kind of things. Um, And I I try not to worry so much about like, okay, was this drill run perfectly or not? Because in the games, they're not run perfectly. Um, And and, and at that old job I had, we were outmatched athletically. And so it was like anything we wanted to do, those other teams were not going to let us do. And so we needed to spend more time on what are we going to do when things don't go right? Uh, And so trying to set up more situations like that in practice um, uh, is what we focused on the last two years at that job I was at. And we were very talented and athletic and and extremely blessed with the kids we had. But I realized that that worked in that context, too, um, because if we could get our guys in place structured, we were really good. But if we could get our guys to be structured within that chaos, we were dang near unbeatable.
0: Right, yeah, and the thing is, I find it so interesting too, you know, and, and Coach Oliver has done a lot of discussion about my transformation over the last 30 years that just kind of happened, and I don't know how it mm. did. <laughs> um, you know if you if you'd have seen my practices 30 years ago and you saw them the last two years or last 10 years even, m- much more of that because it's like mm-hmm. that's what they need to get good at, and, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, we don't have the time um because I don't see my kid. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not like a college coach. We don't get to see him all the time. So right. there's things that we need to do. And, and I was telling, I was telling another coach that I basically have set a practice like a game. Like we have a pregame, we have, we have our warmups, we have halftime, we have right. timeouts. We literally, I mean, it's very, I, I got to do something on it because I think it's very unique. And it, and, and the reason was I, I, I kept asking myself, why am I doing all this stuff? And it's like, well, my objective is to get them ready to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so literally, like, we'll you know, we'll take you know, they'll take timeouts during during practice when they need a break or they need to go get water or something like that. But um, I think that's intriguing. I think that's uh, that's what, what what skill do you think is un, under being taught right now? What skill do you think that kids don't have that they had fifteen years ago, or is <laughs> so, it being taught?
1: Yeah, I would say like if we could if we could define decision-making as a skill right okay. like then I would then I would go with that um and, and, and just why do you I, think
0: that is why do you think decision-making is different now than it was 20 years ago
1: I, I don't know if it's probably because we don't allow them to do it more control from the coaches I suppose um, okay. you know when I when I grew up playing you know just in the yard you know like IQ I, I would tie, tie those two things together so like me and my brother would just make up games you know and it's like we would be forced to figure those things out so that life skill going back to what we were talking about like when me being a graduate assistant or a 24 right. year old head coach and not know what to do like you know just the ability to figure things out and it's like at some point i guess you know us adults decided we're going to tell kids how they should play right. you know and, and so we remember. And,
0: and i've read studies on this it's crazy if you put, right. if you put 10 kids into a playground and tell them you got to play basketball for 2 hours they will make it competitive they will find out the weak link and they will they will even i mean kids will self regulate cuz they want right. it to be fun if they're winning every game 102 to 6 it's no fun like if a kid can't hit a baseball they'll come up with something if they can't sh- i mean they will do that but we have taken that we have taken that skill away from them to be honest
1: I- with you I, I think so too. And I think that's, that's more about like, again, that that's making us want to feel like we're doing a good job coaching. Right. Cause I don't think the kids have lost that ability no. or they've no. lost that skill, but we don't put them in a situation to where they're allowed to explore or grow that skill. Right. Um, and, and, and I, 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 agree with the same thing in the classroom, you know, front loading yeah. vocab words to kids to memorize on a Friday and give them a test that they don't truly learn anything as opposed to using more of a, a constraint-led approach to you know, just explore and discover. And, and us boring old adults aren't going to come up with as many creative ideas or solutions as the kids are because right. they're just wired more creatively than we are, I, I think. And, and, and I've, I've been trying to do more of that in my classroom as well, even with these seventh graders. I give them just a, a situation, say, hey, get this, you have to get this little paper ball into a cup There's a spoon, there's a ruler, there's some markers, there's a rubber band, but you can't touch the cup, the ball, or the spoon. Figure it out. Right. You know. And 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 they're and they're coming up with ways, they're coming up with things I could have never fathomed, you know. Right. Um, and it was me getting out of their way and allowing them to explore and do and and every every decision that didn't work, you know, but it wasn't failure. It was just a we learned a way not to do it. And so let's figure out another way. And Every time we would arrive at a potential answer or solution that just gave us more questions. And so those more questions led to more answers. What did you give them? I love
0: that. I'm going to do that with my team. I love that. What is it? You give them a ball, a cup, and a what?
1: It was, we were, so I teach life science. So we were just talking about scientific method and you know, the process of discovery. And so it was just, I'm looking around my room just to see what I had. It was like a, a little paper cup, like a little coffee cup. Yep balled up post-it note, yep. uh, a spoon, a ruler. I gave them like some markers and color pencils, which really had nothing to do with them being successful or not. It was just kind of noise, like noise. stuff yeah, that yeah. didn't really, might not make them successful, but they had to figure out if it was going to be successful or not. And I just gave them some constraints. Like I said, you can't touch the ball with your hand. You can't touch the cup. You can't touch the spoon. Cause in my mind, I'm going to use the spoon as a catapult, right? Right. And so when I told them they couldn't touch the spoon, most of the groups just ignored the spoon. They just, okay, well, we're not going to use it. And they were trying to come up with all these little ways to kind of cheat the rules, you know, like they would put the little ball into a marker cap and say, well, I'm not touching the ball. (laughs) You know, I can, I I can drop it in the the cup from up top or they would launch it vertically or horizontally. And then some built like ramps or tracks or they made funnels to put, you know, into the cup or something. And it was just, it was amazing. It's kind of hard oh, to explain. Yeah.
0: If you gave them some, str- some string or something too, it'd be like, it'd be interesting. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. So, and it was just, you know, hey, you got 20 minutes that. to figure something out and some groups were better at it than others. But the idea was that even if a group never got the ball in the cup, it wasn't a failure because they were still working and and figuring out things. I'm telling you right
0: now, I'm going to steal, I'm going to steal something similar to that and do it because I'm always looking for team stuff with my team. And I mm -hmm. love that kind of stuff. The problem and how I group them together will be important and that they they'll have to talk to each other. They'll have to come up with a solution. I love that. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, what, what do you think is the hardest, you think that's the hardest concept to teach? What do you think the hardest concept for us as coaches to teach is?
1: Uh, I would I would I, probably go back to that decision making okay. uh, as far as that goes. like um, Being able to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. Um, one thing that I think we are phenomenal at as coaches and we spend 90% of our time on is how to set up. An advantage for our kids, like I've got this beautiful play, this beautiful set. Right. It's beautifully diagrammed. We've repped it over and over and over again. Five on o, five on five. Like I'm a genius. Look at me. Look what I'm (laughs) going to make my kids do. Right. And they and we get them the open, whatever that open is. It's a shot. It's a look. It's it's two feet in the paint. It's a post up, and and it just doesn't go exactly the way we draw it up. You know, uh, most of the time. And so it's again, it's this. What do I do next? How do I figure out what I'm supposed to do? And not only what does that kid with the ball? What are they supposed to do? What are my four teammates supposed to do? And how are they right. supposed to read and react off of each other and not get in each other's way? And I think that's a, I think that's a really difficult thing to. I'm going to tell you.
0: I'm going to tell you right now. Probably I don't even know how many high school games, high, head high school games I've coached. Probably five, six, seven hundred. I have no idea the number of times it works exactly the way you want it to, I could probably count on one hand. (laughs) Like I could probably tell you those games. Like when I, and not that we haven't practiced it, but the, the, but the time, but I can tell you at least two or three handfuls where we practiced it enough and they knew that, okay, if things break down, here's what we have to do. Cause yeah, it's a it's a it's adjusting. You get a flat tire in the middle of the highway. Well, how are you going to adjust? You got You better figure right. something out fast because you know you're going to get run over for um, sure. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's a I think that's a great point. Um, so, uh, coaching philosophy. What would if, if you could summarize or cliff note, spark note, I guess for the newer generation, uh, <laughs> your coaching philosophy? What would it be?
1: So I would go back to this the word transformational, um, okay. and and uh trying to serve my kids um and 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 teach them what I feel like they're going to need to be successful um and I try to do the same thing like I said if I'm in practice or if I'm in a classroom uh, it, it's it's kind of one and the same to me I think the best coaches are the best teachers um so if you're if you're teaching your kids and you're serving your kids and you're doing it in more of a transformational way as opposed to a transactional way, and you really care about them, and they know that that you're there for them, that they'll pretty much do anything for you. And at the end of the day, if we do those things, we're successful, um, right. you know, at least in life, right? Um, and 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 but the crazy thing is, is the more often I think you do that, it it will work out, you know, on the field or on the court. And and I've had I've had moments where it doesn't, like I've I've been let go before, right. but you know, and it didn't work out that way. But that, you know, experience and those lessons still help lead me down that path to where we won back-to-back championships at the next job I was at. So it's like you realize, like, just because it may not work out one night doesn't mean you abandon it and give up on it. Because in the long run, it's going to work. And I I can't tell you how many, you know, text messages or, or phone calls or conversations I've had from kids where on teams where we would win four games a year right. you know but they would talk about how basketball was their most enjoyable season even though right, they were- it's
0: transformational it's like I, I always tell people it's what you put out of the world will come back if you right. if you if you're if you're if you serve and you do that you don't do it to have things come back to you but I, I'm a whole positive negative energy kind of like <laughs> just be you know just be po- if you look at the glass half full or half empty that's that's kind of how your world's going to work too and it's like we the problem is we're evaluated on wins and losses, which is wrong. But that's we're, we shouldn't be, and we shouldn't be. We should be evaluated on what we're doing for the young men or young women. we you know how are we transforming them? I 100% agree.
1: Right, and and, and we are, and like you said, it, it 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 is a shame. I mean, because there are teams like there will be teams this year that win state championships but totally underachieve. Oh right, either oh, not fulfill their full potential or their kids are going to hate it. You Know they'll have a ring to show for it, but their kids won't ever want to talk to their coach ever again or or this. I'm telling you,
0: and and I've won state titles, I've been all my best coaching season where I maybe transformed the team. We were 12 and 10. I mean, that team still talked. I mean, we yeah, but we, I, I, that was my best coaching job in 30 years 12 and 10. We were 12 and 10.
1: Because and it was probably the most fun job you've had. Yeah, because It was great. You, you, it cuz the great. kids enjoy it, you yeah. enjoy it and yeah. and there's there's something to be said for, you know, success on the floor, but it's hard to coach talent. It's hard to win. There's a lot oh, more pressure people, that comes people, with winning.
0: So, I'm not complaining. I'm telling you right now, some of my most talented players ever were some of the hardest to coach. Absolutely.
1: Right. Uh, right. And there and were they, yeah. There were plenty of days and nights where in the middle of our our runs where you're, you're not happy. You're not having fun because there's just so much other stuff outside of it. And you're like, man, this is, and you kind of have to question yourself, like, is this really worth it? Now, at the end of the day, you're happy that it works out and it's, that's awesome. But at the same time, we also had those kids that were coming back and talking about, man, it was great that we won it, but man, I learned something this year. Like I learned more about who I am as a person. I learned how to set my own ego aside. I learned how to be happy for somebody else and and let them get their shine. And when I got mine, they were happy for me and, and so on and so forth. And just like that, that to me is, that's why I got into this. That's why I'm trying to stay involved as best as I possibly can. Um, because those are the stories you love to, you know, to hear about and to reminisce. And, um, you know, that's, to me, that's ultimate success. And like you said, it is kind of a shame that, it boils down to wins and losses and not how the, the kids are being treated or if they're having a good time right. or, or if right. they're growing if they're learning just or becoming they're better people.
0: Yeah, if they're just right. becoming better. You know, that's the that's the hard part. Um, so is there one is there one failure? Is because 'cause I'm i I'm all about the growth mindset. If there is there mm-hmm. one failure or one obstacle or one thing that you have experienced that you could share with the listeners that you grew from that, you know, we could kind of unpack? only one failure <laughs> no, I, well, one one more for the listeners like I, yeah. obviously we all have i mean i have thousands of them but yeah we've, we've all we got could plenty that you and i could talk about that someone else who's listening in right anchorage, anchorage i hope someone's listening in anchorage right. um could 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 unpack and then they could learn from too because that's what i want from the podcast to be honest with right I,
1: I i wish i wish i would have gotten like I mean, I still, okay, I'm, I'm relatively young. Right? I'm 34, I suppose. I've been doing it 12 right. years. I just, I wish I would have gotten to where I'm at sooner. And I think we all kind of have that regret. Like,
0: hey coach, hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you subscribe and like, go over right now. Stop. Join teachubes.com. Say, I want to become a better basketball coach. I want to win a state title. I want to learn what it takes to make my, take my team to the next level. Well, I can help you do that. Um, I've been through all the battles you've been through. Let me help you through this great process we call coaching. All right. Have a great day.